It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. So I started looking at the drafts and what they did in the last three years and what they did before that. Here's what I came up with. The reason the 49ers are the 49ers as you know them right now, a large reason for that is because they got stars in core players from 2017 through 2020 in the draft. So 2017, you get George Kittle, one of the top two tight ends in the NFL. He's making $20 million or whatever it is. They gave him a second contract. He is a core blue chip player. 2018, you draft Fred Warner in the third round, probably the best linebacker in the league. Another huge contract guy that you keep around. 2019, you get Bosa, Debo, and Greenlaw. All guys, again, second contracts, core players. Greenlaw's a top 10 linebacker. Bosa is a former defensive player of the year. Debo's a former All-Pro. And then 2020, you get Ayuk. During that time, they also gave a second contract to Eric Armstead, who was drafted Mm -hmm. by a different regime, but still a homegrown player. So over that four-year period, you have seven guys who are homegrown and absolute core blue-chip great players. And I don't mean like you could draft a good player. Mike McGlinchey was a good pick. Regardless mm-hmm. of what you think of him. He played for five seasons. He started for five seasons. He didn't get a second contract, so it wasn't he wasn't an elite player. But it was a good pick. But when you're talking elite of the elite, the Niners have had six of them. In those four years, every year they got an elite player in the draft in those four years. That's why you see the team on the field that you see now. The last three years, Brian, I'd argue maybe they haven't drafted one, maybe one. But I'll say maybe one elite player. And, and I'll go through it with you why I think that. So if you look at 2020, 21, I'm sorry, the Lance draft. They take Lance, complete bust. Aaron Banks, again, maybe that's a good pick. If, you know, I don't know that he had the best season, but maybe he's a guy that plays guard for them for a while, but he's not a core game changer like a Kittle or a Warner. Nobody's going to say, you could call him a good pick, but nobody's going to say that's an elite pick. He's not Alan Fanica. You know, he's not Larry Allen. Trey Sermon, obviously not. Ambry Thomas probably won't be on the team much longer. Jalen Moore, no. Lenore, terrific pick in the fifth round. Ufunga, also terrific pick in the fifth round. Those are two guys who maybe will will stay. So they could be guys who, as we get into 2025, that maybe you're part of the answer. Maybe you're still building around them. Are they cornerstone blue chip guys? Maybe that remains to be seen. They're both really good players, so you could say that. And then Elijah Mitchell was a good pick, but he's not going to get a second contract. Then you look at 2022. Drake Jackson doesn't look like that's working out. TDP, he's gone. Danny Gray can't get on the field. Spencer Burford is rotating at guard. I think that's a position you need to upgrade. Sam Womack, Nick Zakel, Kalia Davis, Castro Fields. Nothing there to write home about. And then you have Brock Purdy, who I think is the one guy in these in these three drafts that you could say is, is a blue-chip cornerstone guy for sure. And then this year's this past draft, we don't know. But Jair Brown, starter. I think he could be a starter. I don't think he's going to be a cornerstone blue-chip guy. Jake Moody's a kicker. Uh, Cameron Latu looked like he should have been cut in the preseason. Luter, Beal, Winters, Braden Willis, Bell, Graham. Maybe a couple of the linebackers work out, you know, maybe maybe um, D Winters works out. But again, you can't look at any of these guys and say they're blues chip cornerstone guys. Mm-hmm. So that's what worries me about the last three years. When you look at those drafts, you have maybe three players, maybe that you can say, yeah, 
when 2025 hits, these guys are going to be on the team for the next five or six years, and they're going to be starters, and you build around them. Definitely Purdy, maybe Lenore, probably Hufunga, if he's if his knee comes back okay. But they didn't get, I don't think, in those drafts, a Kittle, a Debo, an Ayuk, a Bosa, a Warner. These people that have made the 49ers the 49ers, they haven't gotten them those last, in these last three drafts. That's why this draft is huge. They have to get not only impact guys, but guys that are going to be cornerstones to build around in 2025 when you may not have George Kittle, when you may not have a Trent Williams, when McCaffrey's old 30 years old, when maybe Debo is possibly not on the team. They have to start getting that second wave of the core, and they have to start that now. Yeah, it's um, it's arguably the most important draft that they've had since uh, 2019 when they had the second overall pick and, and got Nick Bosa. Um, like you said, they've been able to they've been able to i guess you would say they've been able to weather the Trey Lance debacle largely because they got Brock Purdy and mm-hmm. they were they were already a really good team that was snake bit by injuries in 2020 so they had a higher draft pick that they were able to parlay into you know, the trade up for, for Lance. And so, um, you know, a lot of times people like to trivialize the loss of those first round picks because this team is so good that those first round picks are glorified second rounders, but there's still an advantage of having a first round pick. And that's the five, the fifth year option, which, you know, is, is a, is a great, uh, tool for, for teams to have when it comes to roster building, because, you know, you, you would argue that those first round picks are are tend to be the most talented, you know, in in the draft. And so to be able to get that fifth year at a, you know, at a lower cost and then parlay that into an extension or whatever, that is an advantage. And so the reality is the the Trey Lance trade and the failure of Trey Lance, the roster problems are coming home to roost now. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what you're talking about. The lack of depth, the lack of future at left or right tackle, the lack of uh, future at defensive end opposite Nick Bosa, the lack of they felt future that at issue. tight end. Right. The lack of future. You know, I I like the I like where they are in the secondary, um, I, which is interesting to me because that used to be a, a, a real weakness of this team. And Mm -hmm. as it stands now, you know, I think they could, I think they could extend Ward again to another two or three year contract and maybe lower his cap hit this season. And now, and now you've got Mooney Ward and Lenore, and then, you know, try and bring in another guy from the draft. Right. But I I like where the secondary is. They're young, Um, you know, even with Hufunga and Brown and, and Lenore and even Mooney Ward, who is, I think is only still 27, um, if not 28, but, um, I don't like where they're at with their linebacking core because we just haven't seen a lot. Um, we didn't see really anything from D. Winters or Jalen Graham. D. Winters seemed to me when he was drafted to be kind of a, that that eye towards being a Greenlaw replacement, but we never really saw him on the field, so it's hard to know what what they have in him. Um, I imagine we're going to see more of him. But along the offensive line, you see it. Um, you know, it's 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 a really outside of Trent Williams who is the rising tide that lifts all boats. It's, it's a pretty piss poor offensive line. Um, Aaron Banks mm-hmm. played well 
last season didn't play as well this season. Wasn't as good this year. Uh, and then Jake Brendel is is just average at center. Uh, and he's thirty three. Yeah. Jake Brendel is not a twenty six year old. Yeah, Jake Brendel's been around for a while. He's in he being his mid thirties. Yeah, and right guard is a just a black hole like it has mm-hmm. been, and right tackle is a black hole like it has yeah, been. Yeah, you need like, an upgrade. They're just they just haven't addressed some of these things, and those are the both Super Bowl losses can be attributed to that offensive line, and yet they still refuse to address it or or put the necessary uh, investment of capital, whether that be a free agent like Mike and Wenu, who I think would be huge for them, or mm-hmm. you know a, an early round pick uh, at tackle. You know they they didn't have a first round pick last year, didn't have a second round pick. Uh, but there were some third round picks at tackle that started in the NFL this past season and looked really good. Now, whether they were a fit for them or not, hard to know. Um, obviously, if they didn't take them, I would assume they thought they weren't. But it's still, as a fan, hard to be like, you saw this coming and and you thought McKivitz was the answer. And and why? Like, what did you see from McKivitz that made you think that he was the answer at right tackle? Um, and and again, why aren't we why aren't we addressing right guard like Spencer Burford? isn't it um but yeah this this is uh to me this is the most important draft for the future of this team since 2019 and it'll be interesting to see how it goes because this will be the first draft without adam peters uh lynch announced today that Tariq ahmad is essentially uh been elevated to that role he's not assistant gm but he is now director of pro uh, of player personnel and there was another name and i don't remember who has been elevated to uh, director of pro personnel. Um, but this will be their first draft without, uh, who a lot of people attribute to the late round success for this 49ers team. And that is Adam Peters. He's not there anymore. So where they've made their hay in the later rounds, can they continue to do that without Peter's leadership? Um, and then can they, can they, can they draft players in the first, second and third round? which have been really, really bad rounds for them. They've been really bad at drafting in the first, second, and third round, which is wild when you consider how much talent is on the team. And then you look and it's like, well, yeah, that, you know, outside of Fred Warner, nothing in the third round, you know, but in the fourth and fifth round, you've got guys like Kittle and Greenlaw and, you know, Hufunga and Lenore and right. And you're like, where's that success success yeah dj jones was a sixth round pick where's that success in the early round so you know i i'm really i'm really intrigued by what it is that they do in this draft and whether or not they recognize the shortcomings of that offensive line and sink a lot of capital in it in this draft i think they need to come away with a starting right tackle and a starting right guard from this draft if they're going to fix anything that has kept them from winning a Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs in 2019 and now in, in 2023.